0: Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets, KC. Walter Storholt here alongside David Dickens. Uh, They're in Overland Park, but serving you throughout the Kansas City area and beyond. David is the president and wealth advisor of KC Financial Advisors, and you can find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com for past episodes and more great information and assistance when it comes to planning for retirement and your finances. On today's show, we're diving into the mailbag. We've got three great questions that David has uh, come across recently, and hopefully, David, you've got some great answers prepared for folks as well.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I think they're good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you've, uh, you've probably gotten these from a variety of sources, and I've got the list in front of me, so I feel like I need to do the old uh, radio theatrics here and get my papers out, even though it's all digital and on my computer, and these are actually just blank pieces of paper, but I've added the radio theatrics to the reading of the mailbag questions today. Because uh,
1: you're a radio professional, Walter.
0: That's how, that's how we do it. It's old school. All right, so our first question here is from Raleigh. And by the way, folks, you can submit questions. You can uh, email David, ddickens at kcfa.com. Raleigh says, I have an HSA account that I'm faithfully contributing to. My plan is to let it grow tax-free by not submitting any bills for reimbursement until maybe after I retire. And I'm currently in my 30s. My understanding is that there is no time limit as to how many years I can hold on to those receipts and that I can eventually have my HSA reimburse me for medical bills incurred by my spouse even though she does not have an HSA of her own or a high-deductible health care plan. That all seems like too good of a deal. Can that possibly be right? It's a chock full of information question there, David.
1: Raleigh has this is his second question. I think we did it from Raleigh probably last year. And uh, the question he sent it was very detailed. So we laughed. He said you probably can't put this whole thing on air. It's like a page and a half of question, but a ton of really good background which helped me think. I actually had to research this a little bit because you know, you can't know everything about everything. And this was a this was a deep discussion. So Um, I got back to Raleigh by email, but I told him I was going to put this on today's uh, podcast. So the answer is, yeah, you can actually do all of that, which makes uh, HSAs better than Roths. And I think that was actually a podcast we did.
0: That was a shocking
1: podcast that we did, yes. (laughs) A shocking revelation to all. So yes, you can, you can be socking away money in an HSA. You get a deduction in the year you do it. It grows tax-free. And when you take it out for medical expenses, the money comes out tax-free. So it is triple tax advantaged. And believe it or not, so, so most people, will uh, put in money into their HSA and then it comes with a debit card and as you incur medical expenses you just swipe the debit card instead of paying by credit card and it comes right out of your HSA account. But what you can do is you can hold on to those receipts basically for decades so the money you're putting into your HSA is growing tax-free while you're holding on to these receipts and if you do a really good job you have to be an impeccable meticulous record keeper here but if you do that there is no regulation as to how long you can delay claiming those actual uh expenses against your hsa so raleigh's plan here is to let it grow into his 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and then there should be tremendous amount of growth tax-free growth in there and instead of claiming those expenses today he pays them out of his cash flow and eventually pays them out of his HSA. So it's a fantastic idea. He says his, his spouse doesn't even have a high-deductible health care plan. Doesn't matter. The rules say you can deduct her expenses. You can document her expenses today and claim them 20 or 30 years from now. So that was actually a couple things that I didn't even know about HSAs. One thing he found out upon inquiring of his HSA custodian is that there you can upload expenses and hold them in their document vault, but his custodian will only hold those for seven years. So if he's 30, by the time he's 45, those receipts are going to be long gone and never claimed upon. So he's going to have to do a really good job of maintaining all of these receipts. Making sure that, and, and Raleigh, here's the uh, I didn't mention this when I responded to you by email, but a couple things you're going to have to make sure when in your 60s or 70s you actually do make those claims. You've got to make sure, because the IRS is going to make very sure that you're only paying for qualified medical expenses, that these expenses were not ever reimbursed by your health insurance plan, and that you never took an itemized deduction on them in any tax year. So now the standard deduction is so big that most people don't itemize, but if you're ever in a position where you do itemize you can't double dip by in a later year claiming that same expense against your HSA. So really good question, fairly complicated answer but it just goes to again prove (laughs) that the HSA is on the mountaintop of ways to save uh, while not giving too much money to the tax man.
0: Pretty cool. Great question, Raleigh. I think it's also a great illustration in how you talked about there being, what was it, two emails worth or one and a half pages worth of like description of this question that we had to condense here for the show down into kind of that smaller paragraph, but just a great lesson that that's why it always depends and why it's so important to get a review of your situation so that you can get that really customized guidance for your situation because there's so many different little factors in there, Raleigh, that likely are very particular to you that wouldn't apply to someone else like perhaps our next question asker, although a different topic here. John, different person, different situations, so different concerns that he would have in a similar setup. Uh, if you have those questions or want to get in touch with David Dickens, don't forget to reach out. 913-317-1414 is how you can have a conversation or go to CoverYourAssetsKC.com. All right, here's John's question for you, David. John says, in your podcast on timing your retirement preparations, you discussed reasons for taking Social Security at 62, 67, and 70. Well, I'm currently 66, and my plan is to wait until age 70. But I hate missing out on those really big COLA adjustments, cost of living, while inflation is running so high. Should I be rethinking and maybe start Social Security right away?
1: So terrific question, John. What most people don't realize is this. So uh, 2021, the cost of living increase was 5.9%. Last year, 8.7% increase to to your Social Security check. The good news for you, John, is once you're 62, all of these cost of living increases accrue to you and to your account, even if you're not taking Social Security. So you haven't missed out on a thing. And uh, so you can wait until 70, if that is is how the rest of your retirement plan works, and you'll still benefit from these historically large cost of living increases. It's not always that way. For instance, in 2009 and 10, the cost of living increase was 0% both of those years. But if you go back to early 80s, there was a run of three years, 14, well, actually four years. 79 was 9.9% followed by 14.3%, 11.2%, 7.4%. Now, inflation is, is nothing to laugh about. And anybody that's been to the store in the last year knows that cereal and milk and eggs and meat and everything is higher. But at least with your social security, you're getting that cost of living increase that never goes away. It just, you get it once you're 62. And whenever you start social security, John, you will have those cost of living increases already banked into your account
0: great question john and that's got to be a similar story to a lot of people right david they may retire with a plan of when they're going to take social security but yeah life can change different things happen and you might need to reevaluate that plan sometime down the line and and ask a question like this hey maybe waiting to 70 is not the right answer anymore should i consider it earlier those are great i would imagine questions for people to kind of spark them to talk to somebody like you to get that clarity
1: it is and it's rarely cut and dried and so uh, a lot of times it's kind of a little ambiguous. So 67 is as good as 68, a lot of times we'll say, because the difference isn't dramatic. If, if everybody knew they were going to live to 100, then we'd all wait till age 70. But there's, there's a lot of gray area, and so it's always a good discussion to have with somebody. And if we can help with that, we're here for you.
0: All right. Very good. Thanks for the question, John. Again, if you want to talk one-on-one with David Dickens, you can do that by calling 913-317-1414 or online at coveryourassetskc.com. You can have a question one-on-one, or we can feature it here on the show if you like as well. All right. This last one for today's episode, David, some quick hitters here. This one's from Fran. Fran says, I am 75, widowed, and just sold my home. Other than my car, my only assets are my bank accounts, some CDs, my IRA, and a brokerage account. I know that my trust is now out of date and some of my beneficiaries need to be changed. I know this isn't a legal podcast, but should I spend the 4000 to $5,000 on an attorney to get my trust redone?
1: So thank you, Fran, for, <laughs> for reminding all of our listeners that this is not a legal podcast and this is certainly not legal advice, but I do have a couple of ideas for you. From a non-lawyer's perspective, the need for a trust in your life has just gone dramatically down. Now if you've got, maybe you have some heirs who are physically challenged or otherwise, and there are good reasons for you to have a trust. If, if that's the case, you need to control things for one reason or the other from the grave. But if you have a pretty straightforward life, and it sounds like, other than your car, everything you have is a financial asset, then all of those financial assets can be controlled by beneficiary designations. Your CDs? Absolutely. Your bank accounts? Absolutely. The person that sits in the lobby of your bank or credit union can help you with those beneficiary designations. Your IRA already has beneficiaries named, and you just want to check those to make sure that they're still correct. The last podcast we did, I think, or maybe two ago, discussed maybe leaving some money in IRAs or Roth IRAs to some young people in your life. So that may be something you want to revisit. Um, And then your car, well, you should have a beneficiary designation on it too. And all you have to do is go to the DMV, which you can get in line on your phone, on their app. You walk in and you tell the nice person that helps you, I need to add a beneficiary designation to my vehicle. And in about 30 seconds, you'll have that taken care of. So you might need to revise your will because maybe there's some rings, some jewelry, some furniture, some other things that you want to make sure go to specific persons. But based on what you've told us here, Fran, it's highly likely that you have outlived your need for a trust. I'd still go in for an inexpensive, an opinion by an attorney. But I'd sure ask a lot of really hard questions about how a, a revised trust is going to benefit you and your heirs.
0: Is it tough for you, David, when the legal world does blend with this financial world, or do you find that relatively easy to navigate and coordinate with, uh, with those other professionals?
1: You know, it's pretty easy to coordinate because everybody in these, you know, tax, uh, legal, and investments, retirement planning, very few of us are licensed at everything and professionals at everything, but, but you have to, if you're good at your, at your craft, you have to know how they all work. And so that allows us to give some pretty good guidance when it's out of our field of expertise. But a lot of times guidance is different from advice. So in this area, I'd encourage Fran to get an initial consultation with an estate planning attorney that she trusts and what they're probably going to say is, no, you don't need a trust anymore, uh, but we should revise your will, maybe a living will, maybe her powers of attorney, uh, those types of things.
0: All right. Very good. Another great question. Thank you, Fran, for sending us that one. Hey, do you have a similar question, maybe a different topic? Whatever it is, if you're planning for retirement, or even if you're younger and just thinking about how can I best position my finances for the next decade, two or three? And what are some other uh, situations that might come up? How do I handle my 401k, my IRA? How can I help my parents get ready for uh, their later stages in life and make that transition? What about the next generation? These are the kinds of questions David's getting all the time in the office office. And so if you want to have a one-on-run review of your situation, you can go through the CPR process. It's a complete planning review where every stone is unturned and uh, looked underneath and uh, all the different angles of your financial plan are worked through. David and the team will help you do that, of course, at KC Financial Advisors. All you have to do to get in touch and schedule a time to visit or have an introductory call is dial 913-317-1414 or go online to cover your assets KC. Dot com. I'm sure we'll have more mailbag questions again in the future, David. But uh, until then, thanks for the help on these, and we'll do another episode soon.
1: I uh, just can't wait, Walter. You know, in fact, I think since we're now releasing these every two weeks instead of every week, I believe that the next recording will be on the eve of the Chiefs Whoa. opener against the Lions. So who knows what... What we might talk about next time might have to could have a special theme or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. it could be Who some, knows? some football theme to welcome the season back or
1: something. Anyway, like that. till the next time, I'll, <laughs> I'll look forward to talking to you then.
0: That sounds great. That's David Dickens. I'm Walter Storhol. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Cover Your Assets, KC. Advisory services offered through Creative One Wealth LLC, an investment advisor. KC Financial Advisors and Creative One Wealth LLC are not affiliated. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. The information and opinions contained in this program have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. They are given for informational purposes only and are not a solicitation to buy or sell any of the products mentioned. The information information is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. This material has been provided by a licensed insurance professional for informational and educational purposes only and is not endorsed or affiliated with the Social Security Administration or any government agency. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for accounting, legal, tax, or investment advice.